morning. Well, good morning, Joe. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Do you enjoy, I was thinking of this as you were preaching, do you enjoy doing one-off sermons that aren't attached to a series, which is kind of what today was? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. No, it totally was. Okay. Absolutely. Do you enjoy that more than a series, or do you like something better about each one? Uh, that's, that's, yeah, great. Um, my my desire is to do just series work and to and and even just stay in a book, not even like build a series like four or five weeks, but actually just start a book, chapter one, verse one, and work my way all the way through that. Because I feel like I know what's coming next. I, I don't have to think about, this is gonna say, all right, I'll be very clear and transparent here. I don't even have to pray about where I'm gonna be next. Right. I'm just going to the next thing. I think God's in that, he can work in that as well. The, the difficult work is actually seeking God, praying about it. What do you wanna talk about? What, what do we as your church, Little C Church Renaissance, need to hear from you? And let's, let's lean into that a little bit. So it's harder to do the one-offs, for yeah. sure. I can see that, definitely. It was a great message. The two different roads you could be on. Um, the road to Emmaus from Luke 24, road to Damascus from Acts 9, and um, giving us the difference between how all of us can be on a road of doubt and unbelief or a road of opposition to God. Rebellion. Yeah. And we... So for the, the disciples in Luke 24 and then Paul or Saul in Acts 9, they were on those roads just one time that we hear the story of. But we can find ourselves on those roads yeah. multiple times. Yeah, that's one of those parts of the Bible that really plays well into our own lives. Because we've all been in that place where I thought Jesus was going to fix this. Joe, I really thought if I, if I became a Christian, if I went to church, if I followed him, if I did that, that my marriage would fix or my job would come back or my, my house wouldn't foreclose. And, and sometimes we're just, he isn't the fix that we expect him to be. I couldn't help but shake the question, how do I deal with disappointment when you were in Luke 24? Well, let's just ask your mom. <laughs> After so she sorry. gave birth to my brother, how did oh, she stop. deal with that? How, how did that happen? No, yeah, okay, so, all right, I don't want to make light of that. How, how does a follower of Jesus deal with disappointment? Because we don't always get, we don't fix our disappointment always by having the thing that we wanted. Right. It, so we have to lean on Jesus. We do, and I think over time, we begin to understand Maybe this has happened in your life. I know it's happened in mine, but had I gotten the thing that I was so convinced I needed and desperately had to have, had I gotten that, my my life would not have been as good as it is now. As, as, as smart as God is, someone said this once, I don't know who it was, you'll know, um, but if you knew everything about you, like God does, you would say no to some of your prayers too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right? You wouldn't give you the things that you desire sometimes too because he knows what it will do to you. Well, in, in Luke 24, the thing that those disciples wanted was for Jesus to actually have lived and not have died. And how, how awful would that be for all of us had their hopes been fulfilled? It, if Jesus had given Peter what he wanted when Peter said, no, you'll, you'll not be arrested. You'll not be killed. I'll die for you. And Jesus instead says, get behind me, Satan. Yeah, is there a sacrifice? Uh, like Peter could never be the sacrifice for us that right. Jesus was going to be. Yeah, I could never do it myself if I get the things that I always wanted. Wow, it's never, 
it's never good enough. Yeah. Yeah, so we lean in on disappointment. Um, I think owning it is fine. I, I used to be a person, and maybe still am <laughs> to some extent, where I will just go, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. I'll just kind of gloss it over. I, I stiffen my upper lip and I'll just put resolve on and make it happen, it'll be fine. Whatever, it's, it's not a disappointment, it's just a, a roadblock, it, we'll get around it, it'll be, f whatever. Um, maybe it's best to actually lean into those moments where you're disappointed and let God talk to you about that. Yeah, so, so what is really behind the disappointment? Why are you so sad? Why, was there too much maybe attached to that thing that you're not, I don't know, I don't know. That's real good for me right Yeah, now. let Jesus show up on the road and yeah. surprise us. <laughs> surprise. And then disappear when. <laughs> Almost like just, to say, I'll see you on the next road. I don't yeah. know if that's true or not. We, yeah. we don't read anywhere else where these two uh, followers of Jesus met him again. We don't know, we don't know. But almost to say, right when you need him, he's there. Yeah. He disappears and he'll be right back when you need him again. I yeah, guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's a great point. Moving on to the road to Damascus for yeah. Saul, who Saul. because of this moment, we eventually start calling him Paul. He becomes the greatest missionary leader in the history of the church, wow, or at true. least for that first Century. century. Uh, yeah. No question. Um, very crucial to the growth of the church in its infancy and the sustaining of it through doctrine. Our theology comes from this man oh, who so was in opposition to God and God oh stopped gosh. him. And um, it, it's an interesting thing because Jesus stops him on the road. And, and what else do you expect but for him to surrender? Jesus always wins. Mm. Like we can't. I heard somebody say one time, he's a billion and O. Oh. Billion and O. Oh. He's, he's like the Tom Brady of... Well done, Joe. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> but really, though, he, he doesn't lose. And so, um, just thinking of my own life, how easy it is to oppose him mm -hmm. when, I, when I think he might be speaking to me and it goes against what I want, mm -hmm. um, and how easy it is to fight against that, knowing that if we just surrender... What great things he can do. Yeah. Oh, has God ever had to force you into oh. obedience? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about. It. Is that what that what is that what was happening in Acts nine when when God Jesus comes to Saul and blinds him, knocks him off his horse and yeah, yeah. knocks him to the ground yeah. and says, "You're not going to into Damascus to do what you thought you were going to do." and I'm gonna take your sight from you. Now he doesn't say those words, but that's what's happening, right? Yeah. He is forcing um, his will. Saul. He's forcing his will on Saul yeah. in that regard. Wow, that's real good. Yeah. Uh, don't the, the strongest rebellious hearts need that sometimes too? Wow. I, I need it. I, de I need it, yeah. 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 Maybe sometimes that's why we get the disappointment that comes is because this is God opposing us mm. as we are in opposition to him. Maybe mm. the thing I wanted all along was in opposition to God. Yeah. And he comes along and says, pow, pow, pow. Yeah, gosh, wouldn't you want to know if the very thing you're devoting your life to or chasing after or making um, primary in your life, wouldn't you want to know if it's in opposition to God? Yeah. I mean, and that's, so even this thing, it's what, what a cruel God to knock him down uh, take his sight from him, make him panic for three days. Joe, do you think you have a little panic if you lost your sight for three days? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'd lose my freaking mind yeah. is what would happen. Yep. Well, how cruel of God to do that. 
you know, we think, but it's not. It's so gracious. Yeah. Like if I leave your site, you'll harm people and you'll have more regret because you're going to become a Christian. <laughs> you're going to follow me soon. One day soon. Yeah. And, and I'm going to stop you now before you have any more regret. Yeah. And it's interesting because Saul gets his sight back. Yep. After Ananias comes and prays for him. But in one of his letters that he writes to the Church of Galatians, he kind of alludes, he doesn't say it blatantly, Ooh. but he alludes to this idea that he has for years had consistent problems with his sight. Oh my God, are he, you blaming Jesus? <laughs> maybe, so, maybe, yeah. you know, it, what, maybe, uh, I, I don't know, I'm just. Okay, I, I don't wanna throw the word blame conjecture. on there. This is, okay, Joe, this is great. This is brand new to me, I don't know this at all. But how, okay, finish your thing. Well, just the thought that, so, okay. Going back to the Old Testament, I know where you're going. A man named Jacob who I knew he gets it. in a wrestling match with an angel all yes. night long, and this angel touches his thigh, and he puts it out of joint, and he walks with a limp for the rest of his life. Yes. Almost like a reminder that God, he had an encounter with God, and so uh, is this uh, poor eyesight that maybe plagues Paul for the rest of his life just a reminder? I met you on a road. Yeah, changed your life. Don't forget. Yeah, and, and though you may not Ooh. see naturally like you once could, you see spiritually so much more than you ever would have wow. had I not blinded you on hmm. the road. And the same for Jacob, who becomes Israel, who becomes the father of the 12 sons, who their progeny become the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah, form a nation. Yeah, though you may not walk the way you once did before, yeah. now because of what I've done in you, the rest of the world will be benefited from the journey you'll be on from this moment. So, I don't know, maybe those moments of disappointment and opposition from God to us are, even though the effects may remain, like there's residual damage maybe, and we experience that throughout, and, and we may not always feel 100% better about yeah. it. What a really cool picture that God still uses, even that. Yeah, oh, so good. Yeah, I tell you, he does not want automatons, like robots just to, like he, he has a life for us to live. And we will ebb and flow, push and pull, do right and do wrong. And he is there the whole time, pulling us back into right um, standing, or, or, or I'm trying to say, but he pulls us back into the right way, yeah. always, because of his great love for us. Yep. Yeah. And, and somehow makes the mess that we've gone through worth it and gives yeah. purpose and meaning to it. Wow. Not wasting it then. Yeah, I'm trying to think in my mind of something that would be a great example in my own life that plays out like this. Do you, do you have something maybe at the top of your mind where you like have gone through something, maybe there's countless of them, I just can't think of one yeah, right now. For yeah, I know that that's been an experience before sure. where it's like, wow, I, I, I wish that wouldn't have happened, but if it hadn't, there are so many other things that that wouldn't have happened that without those things, I wouldn't be the person yeah, I am. Yeah, and it's not like God caused those things because yeah. they are hard things for us and yeah. even bad things for us, but yeah. God uses them to still uh, lead us to a place of blessing. Even our own sin, as Paul is on his way, Saul is on his way to murder Christians. Yes, which is a sin, one of the top 10, right? <laughs> right, so here's yeah. a guy with permission from the high priest yeah. to kill people. To break one of the 10 commandments. That they're, uh, yeah. And God uses that journey oh, 
to change the world, really. Totally. We wouldn't be sitting here if Saul had not had that experience. I'm no, convinced. Uh, no question. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. For sure. Wow. This is challenging for me to think about. Me too. You know, what are the ways that? Which is why doing things like this, even though it's harder, I think my benefit, my the benefit for me and maybe the benefit for others is greater when we do this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I'll finish with this little thing. Um, my desire is to just help people see who Jesus is more and more. Like we've been talking through our um, our core values, you know, where Jesus is the metric of our standard of whether we're growing spiritually or not. Yeah. So when we're doing growing people change, I talked about that. So he's the standard of whether we're growing, not Bible memorization, not church attendance, not giving records. Jesus is the standard. We look like him and we're growing spiritually or we don't look like him, okay? The question then was, well, how do you know if you look like him? So all I wanna do is just to teach people what Jesus is like. And we saw a little bit of that today. Yeah. We saw a little bit of that. Yeah, he has compassion for the, the hurting. Um, love for those even in opposition to him. Calls him by name. I mean, that's a real thing, you know? He, when, when God uses your name to talk to you about your stuff, it'll get your attention. So it sure will. It's all good. It's awesome. Well, thanks. It was a great message, and thanks for the extra work that it takes to do one like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. It was, it was really great. Good. Uh, thanks. See Thank you. you.